it's just talking to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's conversations, you know, and I'm good at that. You know, I have a natural gift from God to be able to communicate with people and relate to people. Um, and I learned so much from talking to people. The best thing that I ever learned in life is if you listen more than you speak, you'll always be able to understand somebody. And one thing that I learned is that we are much more alike than we are different. We just make that more complicated. Who you know, who I respect and I look up to. Um, so that kind of brought us here today on the podcast journey. Um, but specifically for that episode, episode number one, um, which brings me to interview our first guest, uh, my father, John Morgan Sr. Dad, I appreciate you coming out, man. Thank you, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Ain't nothing. I thought it was a setup, but I'm gonna be here. <laughs> you know, I'm here. What's up? So first, first and foremost, man, I wanna I wanna start at the beginning. Um, I know you was born here in, in Akron, um, 1959. I know you came up like in the 60s and the 70s. So just describe a little bit to me. You know, what was Akron like during that time? As I remember it, you know, Akron. It was, Akron was popping mm -hmm. when I was a young, I didn't realize, I thought it was just normal because I didn't know nothing else. But uh, it was a lot of hustling going on and I was I was around pimps and players and hustlers and it was a lot of people working like the plants were full. It was a, it was General Motors, it was General Tire, it was Chrysler, it was, you know, all the plants, they were rubber plants and they were making tires. Uh, and I remember as a young kid, I remember uh, a lot of gambling, you know, uh, I remember that as a child, and uh, but when I what I what I really remember is I was about eight or nine, I think, and the riots broke out, and I remember throwing bricks at cars mm. on Rose Avenue. Um, I never really understood none of that until I got a little older, mm. um, and uh, but they, we were rioting. I remember that, and I remember going down on Rose Avenue. We lived on the hill, but Akron was kind of Akron was was the place to be at one time. It was. Uh, it was jumping. They wrote books about Akron. Um, uh, you would, he would hear about Akron, and I read books. What was, uh, what was it? Uh, what started the riot? Do you remember, or do you? Yeah, know? I think it was. I think it was Martin Luther King got killed. Okay. I think it was Martin Luther King got killed. Okay. And uh, and and we just went crazy. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, I was I was actually following the teenagers because I really didn't understand the significance of it at the time, but mm -hmm. I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I knew we was watching TV, but then they said, we going, and I was in the park. And it was like, we going down, and uh, and we said, we're going downtown. We never made it downtown. Mm -hmm. We just made it from the hill to Rose Avenue. Uh -huh. And I remember we hit this one lady's car, God bless her, with a brick, and she ran to the telephone pole. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was it was weird. Not that's vivid in my mind though. Yeah. That's one thing I remember. So what were some of your your some of your other earliest childhood memories? Um again, I did a little bit of research on you. Um, okay. and from what I heard, you know, you was a very outgoing and busy kid. Um but what's some of your earliest Like childhood me memories? personally? Yeah, you personally. What do you when you can reflect back to your childhood, what is some things that you can really vividly remember about yourself, about what was going on outside of, you know, the well, you well, what I remember is, uh, and my feeling as a child at that time was abandonment. Mm -hmm. Now, I that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to school and nobody picking up. I lived with my mom and it was eight of us. I was the, the middle child, but I remember uh, my mom was a gambler. She was always coming and going and, uh, I remember nobody really being there far as, a, I didn't know nothing about that at the time, about parenting. We was just doing whatever we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, when something did come up, we didn't have nobody to really contact for 
to ask, do we do this or don't we do this or is that okay? You know, yeah. not like it is now. It's like, uh, and everybody was your parent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we just did whatever. But I remember, I remember being like, I felt like I say today, I know it's abandonment. But at the time, it's like going to school. I remember going to school and nobody picked up my folder. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, when they would have parent-teacher conference. Nobody were, never came were, to the school. When you was in grade school? I was in grade school. Okay. I was in third grade. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, until I moved with my aunt. Then I moved with my aunt when I was nine. And uh, she would pick up our folder. Yeah. We did have birthday parties. She yeah. beat the hell out of you, but we had birthday parties. So what I also know is that um, y'all had a, a tra traumatic um Experience an event that happened when you was a kid. You, the house caught on fire. Yeah. Yeah, the house caught on fire when I was, I don't know how old I was, but I remember my brothers. I think they say I saved my sister or brother or somebody, but. It was uh, Auntie Robbie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I threw her out the window. <laughs> and so, so. I went back for my other sister, but she was, she was our, she wasn't there. So it's some, it's some, uh, some different stories about how this fire started. Do you know? I don't know how the fire started. Okay. Okay. I heard it was like an arsonist or something going on. It could have been. Okay. It could have been. I, I'm not really sure. But y'all never got to the bottom of how, no. the, uh, how the fire. And I wasn't that deep into what was going on. I just knew I burnt my damn ears up. So I never knew that. Yeah. I my ears were burned. They were, I walk around with big things on my ears and, uh. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Do you so you remember the fire? Like I don't remember. The, I remember the fire. Yeah, I remember jumping out the window. And it was during the daytime. It was during the daytime. It was early in the morning. And who? So who was all alive during that time? Like, cause how? Well, was, how old were you? I was maybe eight or nine. Okay, something like so that. So it was you, Auntie Jeanette. Mm -hmm. Jeanette was in and out. She wasn't okay. there that much. So who? Was, so who was there? I don't know day. who all was there. I just know. My younger sisters and brothers were there. Okay. And, um, because uh, we were supposed to be going to school. Mm -hmm. It was right before school. But one, my, one, my one brother, I think, had went to school, Willie. But uh, I don't remember exactly who all was there. I, I don't remember that. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and recently, you know, in a, um, maybe like two, three months ago, you know, we were just having a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that. Your father died when you was a kid. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I thought you know that he just wasn't in the picture um, until you know me and you was nah. talking. You told me that he had passed away. He died when he was thirty six. Yeah, um, he, he died when he was young. Yeah. So what's your? Do you have early memories of him at all? No, no None. memories at all. I actually I didn't know. I'm telling you, a lot of stuff that happened in my life, I really didn't catch up with none of it until later on. Okay. You know what I mean? I um. I know I didn't have a father. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I knew that. I knew that when I would uh, watch everybody else who had, who did have a father, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, and and I didn't know why. I knew my father died. They said my father died when I was two. Okay. So I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't really trip too much on that. Um, you don't miss something you never had. Um, it's like, and I didn't really get with that until later on in life. Okay. But yeah. And I and I also know you had told me you know just through conversation we had that you know. But it had effect on me. Right. It had, oh, a, for it sure. had a major effect on For me. sure. Mm -hmm. And it also not had an effect on you and your siblings, but I know for a fact it had an effect on Granny specifically. Because mm -hmm. I remember you said, you know, things just kind of changed with her, mm -hmm. you know, from there. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you remember changing about her as you, as you, because you said that you, you, you know, you guys moved in with your auntie when y'all was like, how old were you when you moved with your auntie? Probably about eight or nine. And then, 10, like and then where was, where was Granny at during that time? My mom, I remember when my mom, when I was young, my mom had, initially, everything, you're right, everything was kind of like normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember as a real young child, mm -hmm. I remember mom cooking, and I remember eating, I remember, you know, I was the baby mm -hmm. at one time. And um, 
But I don't know what happened and how it happened, but I do remember when my mom, when the transition happened. My mom was a gambler, always a gambler. But I think my mom took a turn for the worse as far as alcoholism. I okay. think my mom was an alcoholic. She she stopped after a while, but she was she lived in a rooming house. Mm -hmm. After her house caught on fire, my mom, I never, you know, I would see my mom periodically. Mm -hmm. You know, we would go to the, the rooming house and see her, and sometimes she'd be there, sometimes she wouldn't be. Uh, and we all, when, after the fire, we all split up. My, so I went with my aunt, which one? No one with that aunt. Yeah. And how many of them was y'all? Was ten of y'all? It was eight. Eight of y'all. Mm -hmm. And your your other siblings came later, or it was only eight of y'all? No, it was it was eight of us then. When yeah, yeah. So what's a, what's a rooming house? Because you know, a rooming house is like generation. A, a, a room, yeah, a rooming house is like it's like and it was at a gambling house on Rose Avenue. No, it was on Bell Street. It was a gambling house, and with my. With, uh, and then they would have rooms that you could rent. Mm -hmm. It's just a room, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I guess she stayed in one of those rooms, mm -hmm. and that would be a, called a rooming house. Okay, you know, okay. it was just a room in the inside the gambling house upstairs. Yeah, they yeah. had a whole bunch of different rooms. Okay. You now know. you touched on this a little bit um, just a minute ago, and just throughout, um, you said that you know you grew up around hustlers and pimps and really being mm -hmm. in the street all my life. Um, and some of the research that I you know did on you, everybody said, man, he was a hustler. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He was. Not just in the street, he was about you know making his money, you know mm -hmm. gambling, shooting dice. Mm -hmm. Where did that, where did that really start from? Did somebody kind of like instill things into you? Did you just see and no. you just picked up what you seen, or did somebody say, "No, we gonna do it this way"? How did that? How did your life really turn my into uncles, to that? Okay. My uncle's, my uncle had an after hour joint on the east which, side. Which which uncle? My uncle Joe. Okay. Uncle Joe, uncle right. Joe had an after hour joint on the all east right. side, and uh, but all of them was hustler. But Joe was the real hustler, mm -hmm. you know, as far as gambling, pool, anything, he could do it all. But um, they showed me, they showed me the tricks. I, I really, cause he was, I would go over to his house on the weekends cause his son, it was just his son, he had a son and a daughter. Mm -hmm. So I would go over there and they would have me and his son had everything, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, um, but my uncle, he always made him share. He always made me feel, you know, like I was a part of whatever they was doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a real bright kid, mm -hmm. you know, I was real, I could pick up stuff, you know. Uh, his son was had had all the athletics, but I had the brain. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, when we would do things, I was uh, I was I was a little just a little little brighter, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, we went to uh, he would go to the after hour joints, and I was young, mm -hmm. and I would go with my uncle, and uh, I would go to my uncle, and then I would watch him in the pool rooms, and I would uh, be the be the young guy with the dice, you know, uh, sitting on the side or racking the balls yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I remember nine years old, nine, ten years old, I went to live with my aunt. I was hustling the guys that was in the park. They were working. And I was ten, but I was hustling them out their money. For real? Yeah. It was, That's you was, real. You were shooting dice or what? I was playing cards, but I had marked all the cards. <laughs> I was ten. So explain that. Expl crazy. Explain that. What, when you was marking the cards, what was you doing? My uncle, I'd watch my uncle, and my uncle used to mark the cards. He would have a pattern on the card. And each card, you would know, the ace would be at the, you know, so it would be one, two, three, four, five. So I would know what card it is. Uh -huh. So we would play, we would play blackjack. Me and the kids would play black. Well, they was teenagers. Uh -huh. I was a kid. Uh -huh. And uh, we would play blackjack. So I would know. You know what I and mean? They, and they never They never knew. You they never, never had a caught. clue. You no, never got no. caught once. I never got caught ever. Really? No. Hex, no, that's Never. so. And you was ten, and you hustling dudes. I was 15, five, ten, about fifteen, sixteen. They were working summer jobs. What you think would have happened to you if they'd have caught you? I don't know. I was, I was, um, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I never thought about that because, um, 
I knew that they thought I was, a, you know, I was a youngster. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they and they, and they liked it. Too. They like coming yeah. over, you know, because they was gambling amongst each other, right. but they were gambling with me. Right. You know what I mean? So they liked, you know, having a place to do it. At any at any point, at any point in time, did any of your uncles or anybody try to keep you away from the stuff that you was? Nah, he really, he really, it kept me away from alcohol stuff like that okay. they didn't they didn't okay that okay. they didn't okay me smoking no weed but right. i was young i didn't like that anyway right. i wasn't even really into none of that right so they it wasn't none of that it was and it was really gambling at that time was just kind of like fun okay. and i don't think they knew uh after a while they knew i was really you know i was into it because yeah. they, they would do things and they would they would do i would emulate you emulate what you see yeah What's some of the, what's some of the, because what I know about, you know, and, and granted, you know, I never really had to really delve into the street at all, for mm -hmm. real. But one thing I know and I respect about, you know, cats who really lived in the streets for real is that there's a certain type of val values and principles and morals, mm -hmm. you know, that you and have And there to, is, son. So what's some of the, what's some of the values and principles and morals that you may have taken with you even today that you learned back then? Because, you know, that was your experience and, you know, that time well, didn't go in vain. Yeah, it was, it was like, uh. It's like our thought, our thought process already saying was be true to the game. The game be true to you. Mm -hmm. We would, um, we would do, we would hustle, you know. And they hustled me too. It, it was long later, later on. People hustled me. My friends mm -hmm. cheated me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, but at the time, it, honesty and loyalty played a part to a point, mm -hmm. and then it was all about the money. Right. You know what I mean. Right. But um, I did learn to do the right thing. Far as being just keeping it 100 with people and being all right with people my uncle them taught me that too they 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 were always the mediator mm -hmm. when things would happen you yeah. know what i'm saying um i've seen a lot of bad things though at a young age yeah. i've seen a guy get killed at a young age shot right down on the floor i and watched when y'all was gambling when we was gambling really they were gambling yeah. i wasn't gambling you was just watching i was just watching and i watched a guy shoot a guy and kill him and was it the dispute over some money? Was, it was, was it, talking it was, crazy. It was over some money, and then the dude was drunk, okay. and he wouldn't leave the dude alone. Yeah. Dude was he was one of them dudes that you yeah. didn't really mess with, right? You know, um, he was my dude though. He liked me. All of yeah. them liked me. I yeah. was a youngster. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, he killed him. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting, man. Because I and it's funny that you mentioned that. Like you know, when you was doing it, it was not just about the money, but you was hustling and really trying to like. You know, make it away for yourself, and like it was survival. You That's know, exactly you. what it was for me. And you know, it's weird because um, my aunt, she really, she really was cool with it, right? Because I would give her money, right? You know, put food on the table. Even when I was selling weed, I was selling weed at twelve. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I would give her money. Mm -hmm. I kept money. Yeah, I used to earn my money. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. I do yeah. remember that. Because matter of fact. I remember you ironing the money and you used to have this smell. And I'm like, dang, that smell funny. Like, yeah. And then one day I started doing the same thing. I started <laughs> ironing. I would stack up my little birthday and Christmas money and I would just sit there and iron yeah, I was. I remember when I was a kid, I used to do I remember that. that. What's funny is I remember when I might have been like 16, maybe 15, 16, and um, my mom knew I was gambling a lot. She knew I was playing cards a lot. And she like, man, what you doing? Like, you, what you? And I remember she called you. And she like, man, this little dude over here gambling, yada, yada, yada. And you got on the phone. You was like, man, what you doing, man? What did you do? Yeah. You was like, man, I ain't playing cards just to play cards, man. I be doing that to hustle. And right. I'm and I at the time, it resonated with me. Like, all right, you know, it's a difference. So I'm like, all right, you know, let me put this down. I'm over here getting my get my ass with yeah. this money anyway. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Let me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Let me let me back away. Um, 
but it's just funny that you say that because you know a lot of times I know you know people do things out of pure survival, um, and I know that's what it that's what it sounds like you you know you talking about you know it was and then it was it really wasn't even thinking about survival it was just like that was normal to you having some money yeah, yeah just having some money and just yeah. if my my lifestyle I got a twelve year old son now I can't imagine him even being nowhere clear close right. to what you know was going on with me. But my lifestyle then was uh it was just a, it was it was a lifestyle and it was actually normal. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So high high school, what was, what was high school like? What I, I I guess that you were you was you like to dress back in the day. They said you used to dress like a teacher, you know, yeah, back well, in the day. Well, it's kind of preppy. They said they said that you used to uh get custom made suits from you. One of your dudes used mm -hmm. to make custom made suits or something. Darius, and you, Darius. And you used to you used mm -hmm. to come to school. Dressing your suits. Darius used to make us every a lot of different people had different uh tailors. Okay. You know, uh but mine was Darius. Uh huh. Yeah, he used Darius Jenkins. He used to make uh suits for me or vests and pants. I didn't like mine to fly. I was more a conservative type okay. dude, you mm -hmm. know, and then I was like more khakis and loafers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And a sweater vest or something or a vest. I, I was more uh preppy. So you were you was clean but you weren't flamboyant. No, I wasn't. Okay. I was never flamboyant. Like okay. not not to the point, you know, I would be mine would be sharp but conservative. Okay. A little bit conservative. Okay. Right? Now what about in high school? What about high school? Because I didn't hear plenty of stories. High school when I you was told me doing was, all kind of crazy. Well, you almost in the bathroom shooting dice. Was shooting dice in high and then I was always even you know, it's weird because for me, I didn't know that I didn't know, but I was always uh Hanging with an older crowd, even from a younger age. So in high school, I was more cool with the teachers. Mm -hmm. Like my teacher, I had a teacher who I stayed in his class for four hours, but I sold him weed. Mm -hmm. He was my um, my welding teacher. Mm -hmm. So we were cool. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And um, I go to class, but sometimes I didn't go to class. You know what I mean? It was it was crazy. Uh, we were friends though. <laughs> the welding teacher, man. The welding teacher yeah. was sitting back. The welding teacher. Welding something and then roll up at the yeah. end of class. We, man, we smoked, yeah, <laughs> we smoked weed. We did a lot of stuff. But in high school, we, I, I hung with a lot of athletes because my cousin was, my cousin I, that I was talking about, that my uncle's son, mm -hmm. he was a good athlete. Yeah. He was mm -hmm. one of the best. Mm -hmm. So I had his friends and my friends. My friends were athletes, most mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. So with the hustlers hung with the athletes. You know what I mean? So I had a lot of, you know, a lot of I had a lot of good friends, but a lot we were like a good we were good kids, but we did bad things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We were like living because you did have some type of uh, balance, but you know, uh, we we challenged each other in high school. I remember some of the good things was that uh, we had to go to school, we had to graduate. Right. You know, we we did what we did. I remember leaving high school and going to the after hour joint. Yeah. And I remember going to Cleveland, taking girls and putting them on Prospect and um, Carnegie. When you was in high school? I was in high school. Wow. I was a sophomore in high school. 16? I was 16. <laughs> Me, Otis Carter, it was a bunch of us. For real? Yeah, Maverick Carter's <laughs> dad. <For> <laughs> we were all boys. That's what's up, man. Yeah, that's we a, were all that's boys. A, that's a, a very unique, again, because you just told you said you had a 12-year-old son, mm -hmm. um, and I work with, you know, kids today and just thinking 16 you don't know nothing at no, 16. you don't know nothing you don't know nothing and all we knew was what we knew right and what we knew we knew pimps and hustlers and we tried to emulate that when you when you was in high school did you was there anything that you wanted to be when you grew up so to speak like did you did you have yeah, aspirations for what you what you wanted to do i wanted to be rich i didn't know how yeah. i didn't know have no i didn't have no no uh you know no goals I, and that's another thing i never really thought about that in the goals like now you think of goals and mm -hmm. having kids 
getting ready. My aunt and them did. Mm-hmm. They had something for you. Yeah. You know, you're going to go to school. You're going to do something. You go to the military. But in high school, I didn't really think about I thought I would be a welder. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't like welding. Mm-hmm. I didn't like getting dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I really didn't know. And I didn't really try to figure it out until later in high school when I went to the military. Mm-hmm. I signed up for the military before I left high school. So I, so bef- I, w- I want to touch on that, too, you know, your journey in the, in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I know, again, just from talking to different people who knew you, you know, they always spoke so highly of you and said that you was super confident, almost to the point of being arrogant. arrogant. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. But they said, they said, man, he never had no self-esteem problem. Mm-mm. When it came down to it, he was confident mm-hmm. as ever. Mm-hmm. I think it was even at one point in time, later on in life, it was like a 400-pound girl in there or something that you used to walk in the mall with. Yeah, I did. I was getting money. That's when I was, that's when I was, I wasn't pimping. I but was that's, jiggling. But that's real, yeah, that's real confidence, though, to really yeah. be on somebody. Oh, yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care what they thought. <laughs> they knew I was hustling. But I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really know a lot of, like, a lot of things that I was doing, I was kind of, like, just doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, my means was, it was, I mean, my, my thing was always get money, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I didn't really care who it affected or what happened. I just was getting it. Now, do you think your, your confidence, did it come to you naturally? Or was it, did it something that you had to do, you know, to kind of just survive in the street at I that think, time? I think it's, I think it just, um. Uh, I think I just, I think I just had it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it was, uh, I didn't really think of it in, in it. like I had to do this, I gotta be like that. I just think I was, uh, I thought I was smarter than everybody else. Yeah. That kept me sick for a long time because mm-hmm. I thought I was smarter than everybody. I couldn't listen to nobody. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it, it helped you and hurt you? It hurt me. Yeah. It helped me It helped me to do certain things, but it, it hurt me in the sense of, I, if, if it was something I was doing was wrong, I couldn't correct it. Mm-hmm. Because I was hard headed, you know. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking, oh, I could fix it. I always thought I could fix it, mm-hmm. or I could stop, or yeah. I would do, you know, I wouldn't go but so far. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, tell me about that time on Portage Lakes. Um, I know your friend, your friend Tim, passed Tim away. Townsend, yeah. Um, what we, happened? We were in high school, and uh, we're just out of high school. Just out. Of it was school. a senior picnic, right? Yeah, just out of high school, I think. Anyway, he. Um, we went to ride the horses, but Tim had rode the horse. We, man, he was my gambling partner. We would go all over. Me mm-hmm. and Tim, we would go to different bars and we would hustle people, bar owners and stuff. And we, but anyway, he, um, we went to ride. We went to the park, Portage Lakes. We went to first. We had to ride the horses, but Tim never ride the horses. So rode the horses so bad, they wouldn't let us ride them. Mm-hmm. They said they had dogged them. So we went to got some, some canoes. We had some girls with us. Our girlfriends were with us, and another guy, Dolomite, and. Um, we got on the canoes, and uh, Tim didn't know how to swim. He was the only one who didn't know how to swim. He only one had a life jacket on. Mm-hmm. None of us were really good swimmers, but we could keep from drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went. To, we tied the canoes together. We went out, and uh, on the way back, we said we we're going to race back, and we untied them. And these uh, some white people rode by us with, on some boats, giving us fingers, pulling their pants down, mooning us, uh, throwing waves at us. But we were in canoes, so yeah. the waves knocked the canoes over. Right. And uh, we were kind of close to the edge, kind of close to back to land, but uh, I don't know if Tim panicked. He didn't have his life jacket tied, so his life jacket must have slipped off, and he drowned. Mm. And he was the only one to drown. The other, and um, I was with my girlfriend. I kind of, I guess I saved her, but God saved all of us. But what my point was he drowned, and uh, that was another traumatic experience for me because yeah. that was my best friend, yeah. you know. And um, at the, and everything it was like a movie because you're seeing all these things when you look back on them. 
you really not knowing how these things are affecting you, but it's affecting you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was just a bad experience. What do you, what do you remember about like the after effects of that? You know, cause you said the, the white boys are kind of, you know, they was messing with y'all. Did y'all ever try to tell the police like, yo, yeah, we did. We, we, they tried, they investigated, they came up with, with nothing. What year was this? That was, uh, we were 1978. So racism still heavy in a lot. Oh man, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. bad, and 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 it, it was it's always been. And I I never really even paid attention to racism until these last four years when I got sober. Okay. I never had paid attention to it because I never fed into it. Mm-hmm. Always did my own thing and always was off and on successful doing my thing. Other than when I was getting high and messing up, mm-hmm. but I never I never fed into it. I never looked at them like you know they better. I never looked at them like that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, it was looking back on it because I remember his dad. His dad was a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. He was a big time number man. The dude who passed. Yeah, okay. Tim Townsend's dad. He mm-hmm. was a big time numbers guy, and he he had him. He had a guy, Lord. He had him investigating it, and um, we knew they knew because we told them. Yeah, you know, but they didn't do nothing about it. It's just like they killed these kids now, and they don't do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a. I mean, that's a. Again, I mean, you. This is years ago, so and you able to you know really talk about it and process it, but these is two traumatic experiences. Two, two mm-hmm. traumatic experiences where people die right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your guy getting killed and then before the age of twenty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. that's in itself is you know that's that's detrimental. You know what I'm saying to a person's thought process of how they they can view life. You know mm-hmm. how they can view other people's life, their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's crazy to even you know what I'm saying to really to looking really back on it now. It yeah. Is. But that time you really weren't thinking about it in the sense of. Because uh, we wasn't on top of mental health like we are yeah. now. We wasn't into it like that. Yeah. We just dealt with it. Yeah. It wasn't nobody to go talk to. We didn't go to, we, we, you know what I'm saying? We didn't go to counselors or we didn't go to, you know. They yeah. had some people talk to us, but we really didn't. It wasn't in depth. Yeah. Tell me about the fight between Michael Dokes and Jerry Colsey. Unbelievable. What you remember That's about that? That's when I sky high. It's the first time ever guy. What you remember How the about hell that? you know about that? <laughs> I told you. Oh, I let my mic go. Um, I told you I did my research on you, man. Yeah, you did your research on that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Because that's had... when um, that's when the first time I was selling cocaine at the time, and um, and and I'm doing pretty good because my boy is the big dude in town, so I'm doing pretty. I just come from the service a couple years prior, mm-hmm. but um, I was a, I was I didn't I didn't I went to the fight. Dokes got his ass kicked, mm-hmm. and um, and Dokes was a friend of ours. I was with Dokes yeah. before he got in the tour. He fought mm-hmm. a couple days before he fought. Yeah. He was getting high. Yeah. He was getting high. You mm-hmm. know, I'm selling it to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to the fight. I come back from the fight, and um, I go to my uncle's house, and um, they was doing. They was you know they was smoking all my. They was tricking me anyway. They was smoking all my shit, but. Come to find, I, I I tried it. He said, "You don't want to try." I said, "Yeah, give me some," you know. And I tried it, and from that from that day, I don't know. That was in the eighties. To eighty three was the day of the fight. Yeah, September September twenty third, nineteen eighty three. That's the, that's when I started getting. That's the first day I ever got high. Do you remember? Do you remember? What do you remember about that day and that event specifically? Outside of just you know getting high, what what about it? Do you remember something in your brain saying, "Oh shit, this is different." Oh, I, when I, I remember, 
Because at that time it wasn't. It at wasn't, that time, it I was I was good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't frowned it, upon at what, that time because most people were snorting. It wasn't what what crack hadn't really hit. It was no, free base, right? It was free basing. Yeah. So what's the difference between free base? Free basing is when they would take the powder and they would cook it with some. You know, it's the same thing. They was making crack, but free base is when they and they would have it would be like an oil form, mm -hmm. and they would cook it and then they would um, they would smoke it. Yeah, you know, but. Um, it wasn't like they was rocking it up like crack, and they would, you know, rock it up and big rock. It wasn't like that. It was just rocking it up uh, and then um, smoking like an oil form. Mm -hmm. But um, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the end. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, it, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know people was doing it, but a lot of people was doing it under undercover. Right. You know, it wasn't right. everybody, you know. And then they were they were kind of like experimenting with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh not knowing, you know what I'm saying? It mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't as it was but you know, you could see. I and I was always one of them that frowned on drugs right. and alcohol. Right. When right. I came back, I was like, "No, nah, I ain't doing nothing." So, I was this cigarettes, I ain't doing nothing. Was this before you went to the military or this it was is after? after when I came back from the military. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what was your time in the in the military like? Cuz I remember, you know, being a kid, and I can remember, you know, you talked about being in the military. Cause I remember Asia was born in the military, mm -hmm. right? She was born in Italy, Texas, right? Texas. Oh, she. Maya was born. In Italy. Okay. All right, but they both were born when you was mm -hmm. in, in the service. Mm -hmm. What was your time like in, in the military? Wonderful. Really? Absolutely wonderful. And you was in the army. I was in the army. Okay. I was in the army. I left here. I went to Fort Hood, Texas, and uh, yeah, it was it was nice. And I went there, left Fort Hood, and I went to Italy for two and a half years. What 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 made you want to go to the army? Was it because you was like, no, All because because right. I had an old partner, the old like I tell, you, I was speaking around hustlers, mm -hmm. and it was an old dude named Sam Poole. He was an old hustler. He was uh, I don't know. They say he was a millionaire, but he was a good hustler. Mm -hmm. And he was he was in the army before, and mm -hmm. he knew I liked to gamble. We in the pool room, and he's telling me. You gotta do something with your life. I was seventeen or something like that, mm -hmm. and he was like, "You can't just keep hanging out in the pool room. You either you see you go to the service. You like to gamble? Go to the service, you know." And um, he kept telling me, he kept trying to get me to go to the service, and uh, and I signed up for the service. Yeah, yeah. And what was the what was your experience in the in the army? What was it? Was it crazy when you got there? Was you happy to be there? You like, oh no, I didn't mess up. When I got there, when I first got to the army, basic um, training, all that type of stuff. When I first got there, they gave all of us sixty-five dollars. We got there um, January second, nineteen eighty, and uh, we got we was in we was in the, the holding part for like two weeks. You know, you get your gear, you get that, uh, and we all in these barracks and people walking in. I'm from New York. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Cleveland. I'm from the. And I'm like, it's like, where you from? I'm sitting on my, my, on my bunk. I'm like, I'm from Akron. And mm -hmm. like, Akron? Where's Akron? Wasn't no LeBron at that time. Right, right, right. So they laugh, and I'm like, oh, they're close, you was from the country. close to Cleveland. Yeah, so they gave us all $65, and by the time we left the basic training, mm -hmm. I had everybody $65. <laughs> everybody, I, owed, I had about $1,000 in my wall locker, <laughs> and everybody was my friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. And so, I was in there for like two weeks. And that's what I also heard, you know, about you is that like, you know, no matter where you went, who you came across, mm -hmm. every you befriended everybody. Everybody yeah, yeah. befriended you. Everybody, everybody wanted to get to know you. We were all yeah. I was trying to be a decent person. And you and you think and you think that that was something that you just always had. That was just a natural. I think a natural gift from God that you just always had. I think so. And I think that uh, I got that from uncles. Okay. I, I know I got it from my uncle. And you think it's coming from hustling or just the type of guys they were? My my family. Okay. My family was like that. They were nice people. Okay. We would have parties and they would invite the whole city at yeah. my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. And we would have parties and everybody would come. And everybody was 
friends with my family. Mm -hmm. My family was a nice, they were just nice people. Yeah. And I got that from them. How to talk to people, how to interact with people, how to be compassionate. Uh, I got that from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool. I do know I got, do, do know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. What, what 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 year did you leave the army? Nineteen eighty three, August. And you had Asia and Maya when mm -hmm. you was over there. Mm -hmm. So you was how old at eighty three? Twenty two, twenty three. Twenty two, about twenty two, something like that. So here you are, leaving the army. Mm -hmm. They would just leave the army. They put me out the army. Why you? But they, they put, put me out? out. They put me out with, under good conditions because I was over there selling cocaine. Mm. in Italy and using cocaine mm -hmm. and um, what happened was uh, we got a positive urinalysis for cocaine mm -hmm. and then I always had some type of they said you're a good soldier man while you're here but when you leave the post you know you're always doing you know and I was you know, always trying to appear to be one way but doing something else yeah. but um, yeah we had positive urinalysis for snorting cocaine at that time and um, they, they discharged me but they discharged me by the grace of God with honorable conditions and it it holds over to this day because it could have been the government for the right because it could have been much it could have been worse yeah yeah but now looking back those events in the army um pay good dividends today yeah. and it's, it's just so interesting because during that time like you said man a lot of people was doing that undercover yeah a lot of people was doing that yeah. in the in the open and it was caught up yeah. everybody was a lot of yeah. people was yeah. yeah some people made it out and some people didn't and i think i, I know i don't think i stayed longer I, I don't look back, I'm grateful today to God that my life has been restored. It's mm -hmm. been, and, and no matter how much long time I got left, it's been restored. I can see, I can feel, I can talk, you know, I have to interact. But at that time, I know by, by making bad choices, I set my life in a twirl space like I effed it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I fucked mm -hmm. it up from... When I look back, yeah. and I'm like, man, that's the bad choices. You know what I mean? And, and I've seen the consequences, and I lived the consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was your What was your experience? Here you are, come out the army, um, from the streets. You know how to survive. You know how to get money. Mm -hmm. um, but here you are with a, as a you know with you two kids mm -hmm. and two girls and, at that. And real and real. You know, again, the army played a real major role always in my life. I. Um, I still had another shot because mm -hmm. if I played the game right, I, I was always, I got a job at Chrysler because of the Army. Mm -hmm. They were hiring people and they called me and I went to Chrysler. And my life at, initially when I came out was crazy because I didn't know what I was going to do because right. I was going to be in the Army all my life. I had no plans right. beyond that. Right. So when I came back, I didn't know. I went to school first. Mm -hmm. I went to school for like a year. Um, but there's some bullshit. There was just some setup where they set these schools up and they get you these government loans right. and you pay for the school and they give you a couple thousand dollars. I just wanted the money. I right. didn't really go to go. I went right. to school. Mm -hmm. And then I was uh, I was fucking my teacher. So the professor. The professor. <laughs> she was, she became my girlfriend. Um your mother beat up the professor. No way. <laughs> no way. Wait, hold yeah. on. That was later on. I knew she confronted her, but she beat her up. She 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 scratched her. Oh, she mom, I'm confront. on your neck. Mom, yeah, I'm on your was, neck. Yeah, she confronted her. But that was that was later on. And um, you know, but it was crazy because uh that was after I got out of yeah, yeah, yeah. college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you remember about being a, early, a, a young father? You know what I'm saying at that time. Just, you know, your... I, and that that's another thing. And that's I always thought of, because I didn't have a father, mm -hmm. always thought of my children. Uh, I always had a relationship with them. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna have a, I was just crazy about my children. Yeah. I, and, and I was overly 
with my children, and uh, we had a good relationship with my little, with my, with my girls. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, and I didn't really know how to be a father, mm -hmm. but I would, I would, I knew I was overprotective. I knew I loved them. I knew I was, I was always a good provider mm -hmm. because I uh, always did a lot of shit to get money. Mm -hmm. But I was, yeah, I wasn't a good husband. Mm -hmm. I was a good father, wasn't a good husband, mm -hmm. and because uh, I always had chicks here or this, you know. Um, but uh, I, I remember just really loving the hell out of my kids. I yeah. just didn't get the concept that it's more than just providing. Yeah. You gotta be there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I, I also know that, you know, speeding up a little bit going into the 90s, you know, mm -hmm. the 90s was the 90s was different because it was coming off the 80s, mm -hmm. um, but the dope game really was ramped up. It was still kind of, oh, yeah. you know, it was still kind of crazy. So I know you, you fell on some hard times during the 90s and I remember Granny passed away in the '90s, and what I can—I was a kid when she died. Mm -hmm. But I remember, how, I remember your response. I remember, you know, how that affected you. Yeah, it affected me. Tell horribly. me, tell me about like, you know, what do you remember about the '90s and you know those dark times when Granny passed and like, you know, what was going on? I had, I had, with you then? I had. I don't talk about it as much, but I had a resentment with my mother. Mm -hmm. um, I had a resentment with my mother because I was a kid. I didn't realize the, the, what she had went through and how how hard it must have been for her until I got my own kids. Then I got to be, until I got sober, until I started really looking at my life, you know, and stopped blaming people mm -hmm. for why my mm -hmm. life was the way it was. Mm -hmm. um, but I was I, I was always kind of mean to my mother at times. My mother loved us to death. Man, she was cool herself. She was just a good person. Yeah. And I remember <clears throat> blaming her and making her cry. You know, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And I was an adult. Yeah. And uh, I was in, I was in treatment actually when my mother died. I I I I, I lost it mm -hmm. because I never got a chance to say I'm sorry. You know I would do anything for her, you know what I'm saying, but I was spoiled. Mm -hmm. And when she couldn't do things I needed her to do, I would blame her. I would blame she. I would blame her because I was an addict. I would blame her because you know just a lot of different shit. And because um, I was a young punk, mm -hmm. I was a little boy mm -hmm. in a grown man's body. Mm -hmm. And um, I wasn't taking responsibility for my life and my choices. Mm -hmm. I was grown, um, but yeah, it was devastating when my mother died. I was I was in recover. I was in a, a treatment house, a worker house in <clears> Cleveland <throat> when they called me. Yeah, it fucked me up. And do you think, looking looking back on it now, reflecting on it, do you think that when she passed and you know the impact of that and you know how you felt, um, how you weren't able to really um, tell her you were sorry and forgive yourself mm -hmm. and things like that, do you think that that played a part into you? Really struggling during the nineties. I think no. I think in your, I, I, in your I, I, I think um, I don't think that played a part. I think I was already fucked up. I okay. was already gone, and I and I think um, when that happened, I I I was with your mom. Mm -hmm. I got no. I was I was separated from your mom. Then I got back with your mom, and your mom was just cool. She mm -hmm. was looking out for me. She was helping me, and everything was <clears> going <throat> real well. And again, I went off to the left. It wasn't nobody did nothing to me, it was my bad choices. Mm. And it was my, and a lot of it, I look back today, was my lifestyle. Okay. And, and a lot of it was just coming up okay. with a lot, without, without having any values. Okay. And without having any guidance, mm -hmm. you know, and making my own rules and, okay. and going by what I thought was the right thing to do. Uh, and it was the wrong thing to do. Um, so I didn't have a John Bryan around me, a sober John Bryan around me telling me, he gave me information, but he gave it to me, when he gave it to me, I still was, you know, I wasn't listening to right. him. But he was trying to give me information at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have nobody like that telling me, you know, mm -hmm. or, or example. Mm -hmm. You had to say, and he's watching. Mm -hmm. I had nobody to watch. 
everybody I watched was doing something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's not an excuse. And nothing in my life I learned to, it's not an excuse. It's just a matter of uh, making choices. Mm -hmm. You know, and I made some bad choices. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting, man. Because um, like you said, you know, you didn't, you really didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that I didn't. And you know, it's weird because, and it, and it may sound fucked up, but I really didn't know. And I said I didn't know. I didn't know and I thought I knew. Mm. I thought I could fix it. I always mm -hmm. thought I would, you know, this would, it, were, it was, it wouldn't affect me to the point where it affected me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you get divorced yeah. or it affects you where you separated from your children. I hated that part. Like my daughters, I didn't want to be uh, separated from my daughters. It was, it was all crazy. It was like, uh, um, you don't think about that. You don't think about the impact, uh, but it's a hell of an impact yeah. on people. And you said, you said earlier that, we said when you were younger, you said that, you know, you didn't really like to, well, you thought you were smarter than everybody. You didn't really mm -hmm. like to listen to people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was subconsciously, do you think that was fear? That you're like, all right, I lived they, might, they might be telling me the truth, but I can't, you know, I can't. Was, I don't, it, I didn't was think it fear-based? I didn't think, think it was fear, but I think my life is fear-based. I think I was scared of everything. As far as, far as uh, change, um, I didn't embrace change like I should have. Mm. That might have been fear okay. of the unknown, or you know, I thought because I always thought I was in control and mm. I could I could change it mm. myself. And because uh, a lot of people come to me for advice, so I always thought I was, but I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't good on that one. I, I never. I never thought what happened to me would happen because I never. I love me. I, I should. They should say you don't love yourself. And I said, yes, I do. I, I never thought that if somebody would have did to me what I did to myself, I'd have blew their brains out. Mm -hmm. Put it like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's, again, that, I mean, it's really, when you really listen and you really hear it, I mean, it's a, by the grace of God, man, that you still hear it today. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know no what I'm saying? Because, like, this is, yeah. this is, that's, a lot of people wouldn't have made it through. And a lot of people did make it through. Right. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people died. A lot mm -hmm. of my friends died. A lot of my friends who stopped getting high and went back to getting high died, mm -hmm. you know, through heart attack, getting killed. One, Larry Belton got robbed. Um, just a lot of different stuff happened. Uh, and it's, I know it's by God's grace. I know, not only do I know because I'm, I'm now I'm sober, I've been sober for four years, for last Friday. Not only that, it's congrats. By yeah, the way. it's yeah, that's big for me. And not only that, it's just the way my thinking has changed, mm -hmm. and my lifestyle has changed, and how I'm living my best life. Like that song saying, mm -hmm. I can see it. I can see how God. It's like how you can, like they say, He just take you and clean you up. Pick. It's weird. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, you know. What's some of the biggest things you think in your lifestyle that changed outside of you know getting high? But like, what's some of the the small things you think change my in your values lifestyle. okay my values I, I care about other people and i care about what i do how it affects other people i um i'm more compassionate in the sense of um, not just visiting i visit the hospitals when i leave here i'm going to visit the hospital mm -hmm. um i pick up god it's just a lot of things i do that i, I do uh it's unselfish mm -hmm. and i've always been selfish yeah. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so that's different for me mm -hmm. um I don't walk around in fear. Yeah. I don't walk around trying to make excuses for my life then or my life now. But I do something, I own up to it, mm. you know, and I try to correct it. And mm. I know how to say I'm sorry. Yeah. I know how to, um, you know what I'm saying? So those are different for me because I would make excuses before mm -hmm. or I would just blow it off or ignore it, you know, um, or just not being a good listener. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I learned I learn, <laughs> I learn shit from you. I learned mm -hmm. shit from you, a lot of shit, mm -hmm. you know, where 
I remember when we was riding in Mansfield that time, and and I remember I should call you, but I should get out. You're like, man, don't call me, man. Just do me, you know. And then I remember you telling me, I never forget it. You told me, say, man, you can't do nothing to help us, you know, the older ones. He said, but it's still two young ones, and you could help them. Mm -hmm. I never forgot that. Right. And when I got sober and I put my all and I do it now, uh, by the grace of God, and um. It's like I'm forever grateful. It's, it's, it was weird because the roles had reversed, right. and it was like, wow, you know. But I, 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 um, I'm grateful for that. That's yeah. a good. You know, that's that's cool. You were sharp. You was like older. They everybody said you was little old soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you was telling but, me some shit that it shouldn't be. But concerned. it's but it's crazy that you say stuff about like you know your values change and mm -hmm. how. <laughs> if when you said them, they don't really sound that that deep. You, it sounds very simple. Treat treat other people, you know, the should, right you way. You should learn when you're young. Exactly, right, you know, right. it ain't it ain't it's not that big. It's very simple, but it's a lot of things that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of us struggle with stepping outside of ourselves, mm -hmm. and you know, and providing service for other people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people walking around with fear, whether they fear of they own the unknown, not having, or yeah. Oh, is mm -hmm. I mean, but mm -hmm. but these are things that I mean, that's what life is really about. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? When you really get to the core of it, as far as having the a, a healthy life and you but know that's when you have a healthy upbringing mm -hmm. and you have somebody instilling those things when you when you're younger yeah. and you have friends that go by those values yeah. my friends today they go by those values yeah. my friend them the people that i befriend and even my friends <laughs> then they were a lot of them were practicing that stuff but i wouldn't fuck with them when they was practicing that yeah. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i would blow them off yeah. you know but um for the for the most part when you doing the right thing i i don't i mess with people that do the right thing. I, I never really, you know, I, I don't get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. But when you do the right thing, um, it's a good feeling. You know, you get you're not just helping somebody else; you're helping yourself. Yeah. You know. And 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 what I and what I know today is that you know the impact of ultimately it's just systematic oppression, man, that has warped people's values to not be able to have those values. People ain't awarded the opportunities to be Absolutely. able to live Absolutely. a plentiful life. People not, mm -hmm. you know, when your when the cards are stacked against you from the jump, mm -hmm. from when you born, mm -hmm. people ain't gonna be able to live and you know live a what? healthy life. It's weird because everybody didn't make bad choices like I did. Yeah. Some people tried to make the right choices mm -hmm. or they try to do the right things. And they and you're right, it is stacked against us in a lot of ways. And I can see that now. Yeah. I can see it now. Yeah. And I know education is the key. I know that that's the key to freedom as far as you know, poverty or whatever. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, the value system of black people, we were based in the church at mm -hmm. one time. Mm -hmm. And now we didn't got so far away from that and away from God, so we have no value system. Yeah. You know, we use our value system for the TV and the videos and different things like that and athletes and different and, and so we we base it on that. Mm -hmm. And some of that is great and it's good because a lot of these athletes give back and they bring, you know what I'm saying, they give other kids a chance or whatever. Um, but a lot of us we get we get it, whether it be athletes, preachers, whatever it is, we get our money. We get away from our neighborhoods. We um, and we don't go and give back, and we yeah. don't really, you know what I'm saying. So, and we talk about what other people should and shouldn't be doing, but what are we doing to give back? Right. You know. Right. Tell me about. Tell me about women. Tell me about your experiences with women. Tell me about um, what you learned from you know. I was a womanizer. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me about. Just tell me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the womanizing aspect of it, but mm -hmm. just tell me about your experiences as a whole, mm -hmm. what you learned from and what you didn't learn from and what you I learned that I learned I learned from I learned from women. I learned that black women I was raised by black women, mm -hmm. all black women. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I learned, that, and I think that gave me more sensitive side, but at the same time, um, I was raised by pimps and hustlers, so we manipulated women and mm -hmm. we abused them and yeah. we verbally abused them, physically abused them. So we we didn't I didn't have a, a, a good value system when it came to that. But at the same time, as I learned uh, later on, um, we can't do nothing without them. It's mm -hmm. the best thing. It's God's gift to us as black men, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I believe that because it's like everywhere I've been, everywhere. I could see how it was somebody behind the scenes of somebody, whether it's my grandmother, my aunts, my mother, uh, whoever, it was my wives. It was always somebody <clears throat> that was holding us down or holding me down, you know, helping me. You know what I'm saying? What's the what's you think the best the best thing you learned from a woman? If you can if you could sum it up to one thing, what's the best thing you learned from a woman? How to be responsible. Mm. How to be responsible. How to uh and how to go forward? They wasn't scared. Women are women are tougher than us. They are. They tougher than <laughs> us. I mean, because they they're not scared. Yeah. And they they like I've had a lot of them tell me, well, I want to do this, and I'm like, we can't do that. Yeah, you could do that. Right. You know what I mean? I had a I got a lot of um, I, I I learned that they would they would step out on faith. They would do things um, <clears throat> that I normally wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Butler, Pennsylvania. The VA Center in Butler, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. What does that place mean to you? You know, what's the your world. thoughts on that place? What 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 happened when you were there? The world. It means the world to me. I I um I, I go back just a little bit before that. Um, um, June twenty something. I was getting high from June twenty June twenty ninth to July fourth. I've been up maybe five days. Um, but prior to that, a couple weeks prior to that, they, somebody in my job had told, because I was like in leadership at the job, and somebody had told that I was getting hired. They wanted my job, but they couldn't just give them my job. So mm -hmm. they had went and told the, the management, other management, that I was getting high and that, you know. And uh, <clears throat> people on that job, they, they liked me. We was cool. Management, we were all cool. But somebody had told them, said, he's getting high. I was getting high, mm -hmm. you know, and we're not coming to work, whatever. Make a long story short, they um they called me in the office and they said, hey man, they said, listen, we you know we, you give you a we gonna give you a last chance agreement. They said you're getting high and that's dangerous. You're driving our trucks. You're in charge of our people, and we need you to do something about it. So, um, they said we give you a choice. You can go anywhere in the country to treatment. Mm. You can go here. You can go. You can stay here. Whatever. He said, but you can't come in here high, mm -hmm. and we can't hear that you're high somewhere. Whatever. And I'm like, <clears throat> and and so it was basically a last chance agreement. So. I looked. I talked to some other people. They say, "Well, go to go to Butler, man. They got you know they got a good program." And uh, I had been in and out of treatment thirty times. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I really wasn't thinking it was going to be any different. Uh, <clears throat> and I didn't stay. I didn't stay sober from the time they told me that to the time. You know, like I said, yeah. that was prior to. Mm -hmm. Make a long story short, mm -hmm. I get high, but I I've been getting high five days, and I knew if I didn't, I had signed up for Butler, and I was supposed to go on the 14th to Butler, Pennsylvania, on the 14th of July. So July 4th was my last time getting high. And then July 5th, I, I, I waited. And I waited for those nine days to get the butler. I got the butler. And uh, I don't know. I know something happened. <clears throat> and what happened, like somebody would tell me where the, 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 you took the bucket off your head or the, you, you were able to connect the dots. Um, but at that time, I was beat down. And I and that would get to class. And I would always, I had read these books and I had knew I could teach the class. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't internalize it to mm -hmm. work for me. Mm -hmm. Make a long story. When I get to class, 
at that time, though, or I would be on, you know, we would go to treatment, we would all watch the TVs and be on the phone. I didn't do none of that. Mm -hmm. When I went to class, I cried because I was like, I'm 50-something years old. I'm in this place. I got a job, but I owe everybody. I'm fucked up. I don't know how to stay sober, and I'm in this place trying to figure out how to stay sober, and I did this 100 times. It mm -hmm. never worked. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> some old white man, he was real mean. And they was like, uh, but I, he befriended me. Mm -hmm. And I, he was a teacher's instructor. And I, cause they, I would cry mm -hmm. all the time in class. And he was like, he's like, man, something may be different for you this time. And I said, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And I never knew how to tell nobody to know what I was mm -hmm. doing. I never knew how to ask for help. Yeah. So when I told that dude I didn't know what I was doing, he showed me what to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of writing, a lot of writing your own obituary, a lot of going back to when I didn't come home with the money or a lot of everything mm -hmm. that I had done, I had to write it mm -hmm. and I had to look at it and mm -hmm. I had to own it. And as he showed me these things and um, I started going to church and, and when I was in there, I start getting honest. Mm -hmm. I start exercising again. I like to, I start doing the things that was, I didn't know I was going to stay sober. Mm -hmm. I just was taking a suggestion right. that I never took. Right. And as I start taking those suggestions, um, I, things just start happening. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, I still, when I came back, I wanted my life back, and I didn't know how to get it back because it had been a long time removed from me. And um, I, I got it was a guy I worked with named James, and, this, and these guys they had a group, the group that I hang with now. We've been every day this week. We've been to a meeting, and as we go like in packs, mm -hmm. and we go help other people mm -hmm. or whatever. But these guys, I got with these guys that I worked with. I had hired that guy, so. I got with James and James showed me his guys and we got the same sponsor and then we just, I just started hanging with him. Yeah. I started hanging with him all the time. I got back into my church. I got back involved in my church. Um, I started going to do things. I started taking suggestions. Like they would have church on Wednesday or church on Thursday where I normally wouldn't go or church on Friday evening, I would go. Mm -hmm. I started doing different things. Yeah. That's what happened. So, well, first off, that's amazing, man. That's, that's beautiful for real. Um, how long were you there? I was in Butler 65 days, I think it was, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And, and when you were, because <clears throat> what you really described me for real, you was having therapeutic experiences. Absolutely. When you was mm -hmm. doing a lot of writing, a lot of journaling, you know, mm -hmm. um, really a lot of reflection. Those are therapeutic um, techniques and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's amazing, man. That's, that's really beautiful, you know, to be able to hear everything that you described prior and to be able to come to a point where you, up in age, you know, later mm -hmm. later parts in life, and you like, man, I don't know what to do. What the fuck? Yeah, because yeah. at that age, you you should know what to do. Yeah. You think you would know what to yeah. do. And people look at you and they, oh, he's, you know. But you, I was still adolescent yeah. mentally. I didn't know yeah. that I didn't know. And I knew I knew what I was doing wasn't working. Yeah. But I didn't know how to say, I don't know, I didn't know how to take suggestions yeah. from people. And you you did something different because you think people expect you to know what to do, right? And you and you don't, right? And I I tell the guys that on a regular basis. I deal with a lot of guys, and a lot of guys is older, yeah. You know, and old guys tell me a long time ago in the program. He said, you know, you can always start your life over mm -hmm. when you wake up. God give you another shot. You can we can start it over. You know, I didn't know that, but yeah, you yeah yeah. That's it's different. Yeah, I I, res <clears throat> I respect you a lot for that, man. For being able to you know. Not only do different steps, um, but be able to say, you know, it was worth it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing something different was it was worth it. You know, 
I got outside of myself. I got a lot of respect, you know, for you for doing that. Because I can even, you know, think of things in my own life where I've had to do some of those same things. Like, yo, what I'm uh, used to doing, that ain't working. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Even as it related to, like, um, being married and, like, mm-hmm. you know, the steps to what it, I knew it took for me to um, adopt a, a different mindset to be married. I knew that, like, all right, when it came to talking, communicating, mm-hmm. I can't just be screaming, you know. I can't just be, you know, doing what I know how to do best. Dominating. Yeah, yeah, that don't that don't work. Don't you know work. what I'm saying? Let me let me try something different, and you know, not just for myself, but for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of like, that takes a lot of self reflection, a lot of like humility. Yeah, 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 and confidence to be able yeah. to do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I I got a lot of respect for you know, um, for you for doing that. Um, PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. what does this mean to you? You know. Um, I know you had told me, you know. Yeah, you helped me with that. Yeah, what? Yeah, you me with that. Were you ever diagnosed with PTSD? Yeah, I was diagnosed. Well, I went when I came from Butler. I, I I had PTSD. I didn't know I had PTSD. Right. I remember when I was remember I was going to Mansfield, mm-hmm. and I would I would have anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. and I called you on the highway. Mm-hmm. You was like, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, no, you got to go with me to Mansfield, right? Because I can't go get my daughter, right? Because I can't drive that far, right? You know, and uh, and I never thought. But that was a part of PTSD, anxiety. Yeah. Um, those experiences, like the, seeing the guy getting shot, mm-hmm. being locked up in jail, yeah. in Italy, uh, uh, being abandoned, mm-hmm. living in the streets, living in the streets of uh, Akron, um, living in New York, and 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 walking the streets in New York, um, just being. Just being black and being a recovering, being a drug addict yeah. is, is traumatic. Absolutely. And it, and it was so traumatic <clears throat> that I never really dealt with it. Right. And when I got back, my doctor, my actual doctor, who's my doctor today, uh, one of my best friends, she was like, uh, you got some stuff going on with you just deeper than, you know, physical. Right. You got some mental stuff going right. on. And she referred me to a psychiatrist who referred me to a therapist and I'm, it's my therapist today, mm-hmm. and me and my therapist was a black lady, Miss mm-hmm. Cannon. Mm-hmm. She, um, we wrote down my papers. We submitted my papers for the v, for the PTSD, and I got I got some I got some info from you. Um, mm-hmm. I needed some support papers, um, and uh, your paper was was fucked up though. Your paper <laughs> fucked me up because it it took me it took me back to you know a lot of shit you forget. Yeah. Whether you just choose to forget it to not deal with it or mm-hmm. you forget it because mm-hmm. you don't think. But it, it but it helped me. Mm-hmm. It was therapeutic for me because as you wrote these papers, I'm supposed he supposed to write me a support letter. This nigga writing me talking about how fucked up I was <laughs> and how I didn't come home. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I ain't, that ain't what I wanted. We for gotta me. live our truth. <laughs> you feel me? You gotta speak your own experiences. If you ain't living your truth, it don't work. <laughs> and it was it was amazing, but it helped me. And then um, you know, by the grace of God, they diagnosed me with PTSD and some different things. And um. They doubled my salary, yeah. you know, which is, they didn't go back like they did with some other people, but I'm grateful for what happened and how it happened. And um, it's weird how God can bless you in spite of your, you know, your mess and whatever. When he chooses to do so, he just do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah it was big. Yeah, I think, again, and I, I respect you a lot for that too, you know, for um, taking a step like that. Because, again... Black people, man, we don't we don't know the impact a lot of the things that we've been through, you know, and and the way that you know, um, society we've been socialized, we've been socialized to believe that 
you know, right is wrong and wrong is right. Mm-hmm. You know, so as it relates mm-hmm. to just being healthy, mm-hmm. you know, especially mental health, mm-hmm. and we don't know the, we don't we understand. Hide, we hide from, we get some stigma on it. A- absolutely. And, and it's the, but that is, that is the key. That helps me with my other truths. Yeah. Though. That yeah. allows me, when I can see myself or who I am, or deal with it, or mm-hmm. talk to somebody about it, or whatever, and own up to it, it allows me the freedom. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't have to live in fear. I don't yeah. have to hide. I don't have to make excuses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, getting, I'm trying to heal and not just trying to heal for myself, but helping other people get better. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, even myself, I, I went to therapy. I started going to therapy mm, probably a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been one of the best decisions I ever made in life. It's man. unbelievable. And the, the thing that I really appreciate about therapy the most is, Man, this shit is just regular. You just talking. It is all it is. It ain't even that deep. And that, but you know why people been doing that for a long time? They got the jumps on us on that. Yeah. But they for us, we thought, and we a lot of people still think, oh, something wrong with him, yeah. or he crazy, yeah. or he stupid, or why he got to do that, or you know something's wrong with him. No, yeah. you're trying to get better, yeah. and you getting, and you need to talk. Yeah, and it's you need no, to get that shit up off of you. It's no different than going to the gym and exercising. It's the you same just exercising thing. your mental health. Exactly. So I, I have a lot of respect for for people who you know who seek out therapy, mm-hmm. especially men, especially black men. Yeah, black um, men, especially. Yeah, it's, that's that's important to do. You know, because that sets a different vibration throughout the into the universe. Our man, community, you, yeah, our man, that's, household, that's our huge. family. That's huge. Yeah. That, that's huge. It's it's different when. When black men go, yeah. you know, because then it's no excuse for the rest of us not to go. Exactly, you know, so and then I, we can listen to people. Exactly, you know what I'm saying. We can we can listen to other people. Exactly, and we can identify when somebody's telling us something, and we like, oh, you know, you, you know, and yeah. it's not a stigma. It's not a nothing bad when they when you hear it from somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, you can help that person. Or, yeah. Today, tell me some tell me some things that are non negotiable things that you do every day. No matter what happens, you gotta do them. Recovery. Recovery is non-negotiable. Okay. My relationship with God is is so awesome and so um, I don't I don't I don't that's non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. You know my praying, my prayer life, my um, the things I do that I, I know that He would like for me to do. I try to do that, and I give you an example. I give you an example. It was a girl in one of my uh, meetings. Beautiful white girl. Beautiful. We were friends. We were always friends, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew she liked me. And I liked her, mm-hmm. and she was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and she's successful. And um, <laughs> the old you would have been all over. And she was like, <laughs> "I'm having problems with my marriage." You know, and she's yeah. talking to me about. It. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to give her some information. I'm listening, but I'm not really, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not a marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. And um, so she said, "Well, let's after the meeting, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out to talk." Mm-hmm. So I went out and, talk, and we talking and talking. And I'm like, "This girl liking me." She's and I'm like, and I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I'm. Setting it up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I called her the next day. I'm like, "Hey, man, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that, and I can't do that not because I got a girlfriend. Like, oh, I got a girlfriend. I got a guy, yeah. and my conscience won't right. let me do it. It right. will mess me up. Right. I will relapse right. mentally. Right. I can't do that, and right. I never would do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I would never do nothing like that. As far as I'm talking, about, I would never in the past. Yeah. It had been often, often. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But. I'm like I can't do that. Yeah. Not only I can't do that, I don't want to do that, yeah. and I don't want to. And I wasn't. It was. I didn't want to have that feeling, that that it's like a, you did something wrong and you feel sick, mm-hmm. and you can't shake that. Right. It's called the sin. Everybody calls it sin, but for me, it's like my relationship with God means more to me than 
having some sex with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it was just they, that's something different for me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the the best and the worst days of your life. What was the best day and what was the worst day? The best day was spending time with my kids, having fun with my kids, having a relationship with them. Those are those are the best day for me. Just for me. Mm-hmm. Those are the best days mm-hmm. for me. Um, hearing from them, laughing, talking shit. Yeah. Um, be, making a dip and having a little son and being able to take him to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a difference. Some of the worst days is uh, looking back on my family and not having them here to enjoy life with them mm-hmm. no more. You know, riding by my grandmother's house where it used to be my grandmother's house. And we were not. I, I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, I missed them. I yeah. missed them yeah. because they were my people. And right. now I can see, right. I can hear, I know what's going on in life. It's like now I want to share that right. shit, and that shit's gone. Right. I can't get that mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the worst day for me. And I, and I think about that periodically. Okay. Um, something about you that people will be surprised to know. What is it? Then I go visit the sick, and I do that weekly. Okay, you know um, that I'm active in my church. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be surprised because I'm because I'll cuss you out on the highway sometimes, you know, <laughs> and that ain't that don't go together. But right, right, right. Um, it's a little bit. Ain't that wrong with a little healthy balance? They, but right? they they would they would they would be surprised to know. Okay, you know, yeah. Um, what scares you? Death sometimes scares me. The unknown. Um, yeah, that unknown man is that's yeah. tricky, man. Something happening to one of my kids. I don't think I. I don't know how I could. I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't like. You know, thinking yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. That that would that would fuck me up. Okay. That would fuck me up bad. Yeah. I know that, and I, I don't. I don't. Um, but I gotta. Like I say, I, I say these things, but I, I got a God, and I rely on Him. Mm-hmm. What keeps you up at night? Um. Sometimes I used to worry because I would be, I would have been sick a couple months ago. I was sick. I was real sick. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of weeks, I've been real good. Things have been good for me. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. You know, it's never been 120 over 80. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, just that would keep, yeah, when I was sick, when I wasn't feeling well, that would make me. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite quote or favorite scripture? To thine own self be true. What's that mean to you? That mean don't lie to myself. Mm. That mean don't bullshit myself. Mm. That mean if I'm honest with me, I could be honest with whoever. Yeah. Uh, if you could pick up the phone and call your 20-year-old self, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself? You're 20, so you just got to the Army? Mm-hmm. What would you tell yourself today, almost 60, what would you tell yourself at 20 years old if you could pick up the phone and say, hey, what would you tell yourself? That that preacher that had got a hold of me when I was in Italy, and we was going to church, and before my wife and them got there, I would have hung with him. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, "Are oh, you finna? You, you going to you going the other way?" Because I stopped. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You shouldn't do." They said, "You going you going the other way." And um, I would tell myself. Um, Listen to other people, you know. Take a different path. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would. I never thought I would took the path I took. It was like I was just on a ride, mm. you know. And and that the ride never stopped. I couldn't get off that ride. Yeah. What is the best advice you ever received? 
Go to the military. <laughs> you still been in the military. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, to the to the to the youngster out there, um, who may be going through some of the same trials and tribulations you are going through, have went through before in the past, mm-hmm. abandoned, um, grew up in the streets, grew up around hustlers, grew mm-hmm. up around stuff that's you know not really conducive to a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, and they just don't know. They don't know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. What would be your advice to them? Get, tell somebody. Talk to somebody. Your teacher, your coach, uh, your minister. Talk to somebody. If you don't have a parent, I didn't have a parent to talk to. Mm. Find somebody to talk to. You know who, who's, who's the right people and who ain't, you know. And uh, talk to somebody and tell them what's going on with you. Stay in school. Yeah. You know, um, education. Education is it. That's mm. it. And that's and if we do that, and it, it, it produces a healthy lifestyle. I've seen it. You know, but yeah, talk to somebody. Okay. Yeah. Um I wanna thank you, man, for coming yeah, out God doing this, you. man. I really I really do. Um again, I respect you a lot for coming on here and doing this. Um and I just respect you for, you know, for your journey, man, and for all your experiences. Cause I also one thing I always knew and appreciated about you, man, and I don't know if I ever told you this, is that I knew you always loved me, mm-hmm. and I knew that, you know, the struggles that you had weren't personal. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that. And I didn't get that out of that letter, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and he still won't let me live down this letter, man. I told y'all I was living my truth, man. That's all. That's yeah, all. That I letter did. was. It was good. It was healthy, though. It was good. <laughs> but but no, man. I, I I really do, man. I really appreciate. Um, just you, you know, having mm-hmm. your experiences and you being who you are, who you always mm-hmm. been. You've always been, you know, I've always known what to expect out of you. And you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I can appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? There was never really too much, um, you know, that caught me off guard for the most part. And I, and I appreciate that and I respect you, man. Um, I love you. Um, I love you too. And I, and, I, and I thank you, you know, for being, you know, the first guest um, and you know, and for taking this, you know, trip. Yeah, it was me. different. It was different for me. It was, it was, it was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. All right, because I thought it was just gonna be me talking Mm-mm. and getting tripped up, but that was better. That that's slick. Actually, it's kind of slick. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so thank, good luck. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, first, well, I gotta do a couple things first. We gonna end the, we gonna end this podcast a certain type of way. I'm gonna do this for every podcast, but mm-hmm. before I end it the way that I want to, I gotta give a shout out, you know, to my to my guys helping me. I didn't, you know, shout them out early on. Um, I got to shout out my guy Darrell, you know, running the sound for me. Um, my guy Cold World for you know helping me through all my visuals um, and doing this and going on this journey with me. Then I couldn't you know started this without them. That's what's um, up. And you know started to, from the people you know who assisted me. I got to shout out my wife too. What's up, baby? Um, you know for just giving me the confidence. Getting and out the me, way. Uh, yeah, 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 that too. You yeah. know that that too. Um, but we gonna end the podcast a certain type of way. I'm gonna end every episode this way. Um, one of the inspirations for starting this podcast. Is other podcasts that I listen to, um, and one of the ones that I listen to is um, it's called the Now What Podcast with Arian Foster. You familiar with Arian Foster? He used to play running back for the Houston Texans. I, I'm Number familiar with him, but not his podcast. Retired, retired a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he has a podcast, and it's amazing. Um, and he does interviews, you know, one-on-one interviews and things like that. But it was, you know, part of an inspiration for me to start this. Um, and one thing he does to end his podcast is he has his guest lobby um to the camera to be able to get jim carrey on his podcast he has a oh to get other people yeah it's like, mm-hmm. so I, he, what he does is he has the you know people tell the camera why jim carrey should come onto the podcast mm-hmm. so it's basically saying hey jim carrey 
I think you should come on the podcast because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to do and all my other guests is I want you to be able to look in the camera and be able to lobby the Arian Foster to try to be able to get him on my podcast because, again, he inspired me to be able to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be cool to just kind of pay homage in a way that, you know, I'm getting it from him, you know, so I think it'll be cool to kind of lobby to try to get him to come on one day. Um, it may be a shot in the dark, but we're going to try it anyway. So if you could look at that camera right there and tell Arian Foster why he should come out, come on to the Live Your Purpose podcast. Arian Foster, listen, man, it's a lot of young brothers trying to do some things, and you inspired this one. He's a sharp young brother, and um, it would be wonderful if we could get your support in trying to keep this thing forward and push it forward. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, episode one in the books. Dad, thank you, man. I love you. Call love you too, the man. Real, man. Thanks, man. Live Your Purpose podcast, people. We out.